Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. This is not going to be easy. It's going to hurt. It's going to be hard. It's going to take blood, sweat, tears, willpower, energy, literally everything you got. When you are in a wartime experience in your business, it will take everything you've got. And if you do not have the right psychology as the head of that business, I don't know how you make it through. I really don't. It's everything. It is the unwielding belief that you will get through this moment. You will get through this moment. You will get through this moment. Mindset is everything. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi guys, it's Rach. Welcome to another episode of the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Welcome to the Start Today themed Rachel Hollis Podcast episode. Just a real quick moment of clarity for those of you who do not know what I'm talking about. Start Today is a brand that I've had for a very long time. And at the beginning of October, I did a three-month Start Today podcast to go along with something we call the last 90 days. If you know, you know. It actually ended up being way more successful and way more popular than I thought. And so I'm bringing the Start Today energy into RHP, into the Rachel Hollis podcast, Every single Monday is dedicated to Start Today Energy. Why are we combining the two podcasts? Honestly, because your girl cannot do 1,000 episodes of a show a week, and it was too much to do both shows. But I didn't want to quit completely because y'all had loved Start Today podcast so much. And honestly, if you haven't listened to it, go check it out. There are three months worth of episodes, two episodes a week. There's a lot of great content specifically aimed at any of you who are starting something for the first time, health journey, personal development, you're starting a business, or maybe you're starting again. That's what Start Today Community is about. It's about people who are, we're doing stuff, we're trying stuff, and maybe we fall off the wagon, but we get back on. Maybe we 
lost a little momentum or a little steam over the holidays, but we're right back in it. That's what Start Today is for. So every Monday on this podcast, starting right now, you're going to get an episode that's specifically dedicated to people who are doing stuff. That's what we're about. Now then, to kick off Start Today in 2024, I really wanted to do an episode that is dedicated to business owners. Business owners, freelancers, small business, brick and mortar, online, side hustle. Maybe you're a wantrepreneur, you're thinking about what it would be like to start your own thing. This episode is specifically for you. And I am sharing five things, the five things that will make or break your business in 2024. And to be totally honest, they will make or break your business at any time. But it's just sexy and marketing appropriate to talk about the new year at the start of a new year. So that's what we're doing. Now, real quick, in case your friend sent you this episode or you found it as you were scrolling and you have no idea who I am or why I can give you advice on business. (laughs) Come here. Let me tell you something. I have been an entrepreneur for over 20 years. I need to actually figure out how long it's been at this point. But I have had a consultation-based business back when I was an event planner for a very long time. I did weddings and events. I did bat mitzvahs. I did company Christmas parties. I did the whole thing. So I have owned a business that is pitching and bidding on clientele and then getting it and then working one-on-one. So I've had that kind of business. I have thrown large-scale events. I've done conferences for 10,000 women that had speakers and media and streaming and pop-up shops and the whole kit and caboodle. So I've done events as a business. I have done product-based business, both for myself selling DTC, that's directly to the consumer through an online store. So my journals are a really good example of that. I have had product-based businesses in association with larger companies. So I've had lines at QVC and Target, which is when you're making a product but utilizing a third-party partner to help you sell that in a bigger way. I have sold over 7 million books at this point uh, as a writer. I have a really big podcast and have helped other people to launch their podcast within a podcast network. I'm not trying to be a douche lord and I'm not trying to brag, but I am just wanting to establish for you that I've been in business for a really long time, that I have made a lot of money. I don't want to be awful, but you know what? You're not listening to this episode if you're not trying to make money to support your family and take care of yourself and build a better life for yourself and your team and maybe your kids. Like, You're not listening to this if you don't actually want to make money at your business. So I feel like we can have a safe space for each other where we say, yes, we are entrepreneurs and we're trying to make a good living at this. And in terms of making a great living, I have. For clarity's sake, I'd say that I have made a great living for 10 years, but I've been in business for over 20. So for a very long time, I had what you would call a lifestyle business, meaning I had a business, but really it just paid me a salary. Like I just, I kind of had an expensive job, which a lot of entrepreneurs get started with. We don't really understand what we're doing. We know that we want to work for ourselves, not somebody else. We end up taking on all the responsibilities of having a company, but the actual take-home pay that we make is maybe on par or even less than we could make working for someone else. But we take that bet because we believe that there's a world where we can get to great money in our business. All of that to say, I've done it all. I've had businesses during two recessions. I've fought to keep things alive. I've experienced tremendous growth. I've lost a ton of money. Your girl's done it all. So when I'm giving you these bits of wisdom, I just want you to know that it's grounded in reality. I went onto my favorite learning platform to prep for this episode, YouTube, because I wanted to see what advice you could already find. When I get an idea for a podcast episode, I really try to offer some wisdom that maybe isn't what we're seeing out in the world or isn't what you're getting served all the time. So I went to see what other people were offering in terms of advice. So I tried a few different search terms. I was like, 
advice for small business owners or how to grow your business in the year or all of these different things. And what I found was just an inundation of so many people who were giving advice on very specific platforms. Here's how to grow your business on Instagram. Here's how to make more money drop shipping. Here's how to make a billion dollars on TikTok. Like it was all of these very platform specific ideas and respectfully, because I love a hustle, I love anyone who's trying to make their way in the world, but y'all, you have to be really careful with where you are getting your business advice from because there are so many people on the internet and on social media right now who are telling you how to grow your business, but anyone who's actually had a business would look at that stuff and be like, this is a really good marketing idea. Or yeah, it might be helpful to start posting more on LinkedIn in 2024, but that is not an overall business strategy. That's not enough. The things that made a business successful in 1899, in a lot of ways are the same things that will make you successful in 2024. So I would love to share, like I said, five things that I really think make or break a business, and they're all things that you as the business owner or you as the business leader can affect. And I'm looking at them, honestly, and realizing that these are good advice for life as well. This is specifically aimed at business owners, and all of my examples are about business. But as I'm looking at this, actually... This is good advice for anyone, these five things. So let's jump in. The very first thing that will make or break your business always and forever is your mindset, your mindset. Very specifically, every single time, one of the best quotes I have ever heard about business is that the success of a business, the success or failure of a business is directly tied to the psychology at the top. The psychology at the top of your business is what is determining whether or not that business is successful, period. And the psychology at the top is you. I don't care if you are a solopreneur with a mighty team of one. I don't care if you have 57 employees. Whoever is the head of that business, whatever their mindset is, is directly equated to the success or failure of that business. This has been true for me in business when I was trying to take my business to the next level. And this has been true for me in business when I have been in situations where I'm trying to keep my business from going bankrupt. That has happened to me twice in my lifetime as an entrepreneur. And just as a side note, if that's not something you've heard another business owner say before, then you might not be in the right circles because every single entrepreneur I know who have been in business for more than a decade will tell you that there are cycles and seasons to a business just like anything else. Your business will go through growing pains every single time it gets to the next level. And because of what's going on in the economy, it is super normal for everybody to have their version of OMG, we almost lost the business. If you need a great example of this, read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. It's one of my favorite books ever. The story of Nike and how often they were close to ruin. It's so freaking inspiring. But what you need to understand is that your mindset and the way you think about this business and the way you think about opportunity and the way you think about what is possible is the number one determining factor in whether or not it will be successful. So let's start with what this looked like when I was trying to take my business to the next level financially. Because look, it's the beginning of a new year and you're like, how do I make some more money? That's what we all wonder as entrepreneurs is like, how do I do this better so that I can make more money so that I can bring home more money? And I just want to add a little caveat here. I know that there are people maybe in your life or 
maybe in the comments section or maybe on social media or out there in the world that really try and pick on the idea of wanting to make money. They're like, oh, you're chasing the wrong thing. This is the, you know, this is not what matters in life. Money is the root of all evil. Money is not going to make you happy. Yeah, but money is going to pay my bills. Money is going to make it so that I can buy groceries for my kids. Money is going to pay for my son to go to private school. That's what money is going to do. Money is a, a unit of exchange, but it's important. And anyone who tells you that it's not has either figured out a way of living, like they're off the grid, they're living off the, that's amazing. We love that for them. And if that is your goal, I'm probably not the person that you want to talk to. But for the rest of us, I got to tell you, hanging out with entrepreneurs for over 20 years and having events where I get to interact with the entrepreneurs in this community without fail. I have yet to meet a single person who had a plan for what they were going to do with their money that was gross. I've never heard someone say, oh, I want to make a bunch of money so that I could roll around in piles of it naked and hire strippers and throw lavish parties and go hunt big game in Africa. I, I bet those people exist. I've never met them. In this community, the stories that I hear are, my family's never been on a vacation. We don't have that surplus income. And man, if I could just get to this level in net revenue, then I could take my kids on vacation for the first time. Or my parents never set any money aside for retirement and they work so hard to support us kids. And I would love to get to a place where I could take care of them or I could help them pay off their mortgage. I hear these stories that are usually about helping other people. And yeah, sometimes people are like, I would really like this pair of shoes or it would be so sick to drive this car. And I don't even judge that either because life is freaking hard. And if you want to have a goal that makes you feel better, that's something to attain, I get it. I super get it. And nobody gets to tell you that your dreams are wrong. But I think you have to be really mindful of we are in business because we believed we had a way to make money without working for someone else. And once you have decided that that's what you want to do, then you can't be afraid of making money. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash hosting. But when it comes to mindset, the way that you think about money, the way that you think about money, the way you were raised to think about money is one of the biggest determining factors 
in whether or not you can make money and whether or not you can hold money. Those are two completely different things. Some of y'all are real good at making money, but you can't ever keep it. You can't ever hold on to it. You're like, where did it go? You got to the end of the year and you looked at your balance sheet or you looked at your P&L and you're like, what is going on? How can I make so much money? And it just goes. If you have never read the book Profit First, this is your sign from the universe to grab it, by the way. Okay, mindset as it pertains to money. Years ago, I'm going into my third year trying to pass a million dollars in revenue. Just for clarity, not a million dollars net. If you aren't familiar, that's okay. I want to always be the friend that explains things to you. Because when I used to go to business conferences and people would throw around jargon, I had no idea what they were talking about. So let me just explain this really quickly. If you don't know this language, it's important as a business owner. Gross, gross profit. You've heard people talk about gross, right? Gross is how much you bring into the business total. Like your business made $150,000 last year. That is gross. Net or people will call it margin, or they'll call it net margin, net proceeds, net revenue. When you hear people say net, net is what you actually take home. What is the profit that you get to keep out of what you brought in? Because most of you will understand the idea that, yes, you might have made $150,000, but it cost you one hundred and seventy-five dollars to run that business. Or it cost you $140,000 when you added everything up. So the reality is you only made 10 grand. I did not understand this when I first started in business. I would get so pumped like, oh my gosh, I made all that. You didn't actually make that money because until it is in your personal bank account, it's not yours, right? You didn't, you didn't get to bring it home. And we're doing this because we're trying to make money for ourselves and our family. So we don't, care about gross nearly as much as we care about net. The way that I always remember it, if you want like a quick little like visual, is I think of net as like a fisherman catching a bunch of fish and like with his net, with her net and taking that net home. So that's how I figure out the difference. But I digress. Years ago, I was trying to figure out how to pass a million dollars in revenue, gross, trying to figure out how to gross a million dollars in revenue. I'd never passed that number. No matter what I did, no matter how hard I worked, like throughout the year, every year, at the beginning of the year, I'm like, this is the year I'm getting past a million dollars. And we do all the things and like it's summertime and be like, okay, we're on track. And it was just like, I swear in the last few months of the year, it was like something would happen and I just could not pass that number. No matter what I did, third year in a row, I'm super frustrated I can't figure out why I'm not growing. So I decide to start going to business conferences to help me figure out what the deal was. I end up at a business conference where I hear Tony Robbins say that the success or failure of a business is all wrapped up in the psychology of a business. And I'm like, well, that's really interesting. I wonder how my psychology is affecting me as a business owner. And just as it so happens, God, the universe, guardian angels, whatever, not very long after that, I'm listening to a podcast on entree leadership where they are talking about the psychology of money. Essentially, I don't remember who said it, but this guy was explaining that there are psychological thresholds to financials in every business. And that if you do not have the right psychology, you will be unable to pass a psychological financial threshold. So essentially, it's like, depending on what your psychology is, you may only have the confidence to handle a year that makes $750,000. Like that might be all that you feel comfortable managing. And whether you are aware of it or not, you will unconsciously self-sabotage to keep yourself at a level that you feel confident managing. And I heard this guy say that. I'm like, that's me. I must have some psychological block that I don't feel like I could manage a million dollars because there was no 
rational reason why three years in a row I would get just underneath it but not cross over that line. Because if you haven't realized this in a business yet, let me give you a magic little truth that will blow your mind when you realize this is accurate. But until you experience it, you're going to be like, that's not true. If you can make a dollar, you can make 10. If you can make $10, you can make 20. If you can make $20, you can make 100,000. If you can make 100,000, you can make 10 million. It's true. Business is an equation every single time. It's why I love it so much. Business is an equation. And if you are not making the amount of money you want to make, it's because you have not yet figured out all the variables of your particular equation. Business to me is this game of figuring out, okay, well, if I adjust this and if I try that and I move this around and if I do this thing and I put the product here and I try and market it there and I explain it a little bit better over here, if I figure out the exact right equation, then I will figure out how to make money to support my family doing this business. But here's the thing. If you can make $100 with that equation, you can make any amount of money with that equation. Business owners who've been in it for a while will tell you that if I'm making $850,000 one year, then $900,000 one year, then $920,000 the next year, there's actually no reason. If someone can make $920,000, they should be able to pass a million dollars in a calendar year. It's 80,000 more. It's such a small, tiny percentage in the grand scheme of how much we brought in that year. So if I keep butting up against a number, if you keep butting up against a number, there's a reason why. And we think that it's one more great client. We think that it's this. We think that it's that. It's our mindset. On some level, we don't feel comfortable with passing that psychological threshold as it pertains to finances. I bet that this is true not just in business, but in life and how we approach our money and how we look at things, I bet that this is real for all of us. I hope that some of you are having a holy crap, this is me, aha, oh my gosh, this is what's going on. I need to get okay with whatever level I'm trying to sit at. Because the other thing that happens, like I mentioned, is that you do hit that number, but you don't retain any of it. I have experienced this in my life when it comes to scarcity around money, where like on some level, you're so scared the money's gonna run out that as soon as you get it, you spend it. You're like, oh, well, I better do this and I better buy this for the kids and I better do that and I better take care of these bills and I better do things in advance because what if it goes away? Now, on one hand, I think that it is helpful to be a little bit paranoid about your business and about money, but if you were truly paranoid, you'd actually just put it into a savings account. You wouldn't get rid of it. All of that to say, the psychology that you have around money is hugely influential on in how much you're going to make this year. So if you want to make more, and I think we all do, you really have to unpack what are your belief systems as it pertains to money. And just to go a little deeper on that, I would say look into scarcity around money, a scarcity mindset around money, number one. Number two, look at your family of origin. What were the things that you heard mom and daddy or whoever raised you say about money? Did they say there's more than enough for everybody? All we got to do is you know, go out there and get it. The universe always provides. Were they speaking in that kind of language, abundant kind of language? Or did you hear things like money doesn't grow on trees? Well, that's for rich people. Well, money is the root of all evil. Like, did you hear negative things around money or experience negativity around money? Because that is going to influence how you show up when it comes to finances. That's the mindset as it pertains to elevating your business this year. The other mindset I wanted to talk about is when you're trying to help your business survive. In 2008, during the abysmal financial world that happened in 2008, I was running a high-end event planning business. 
not a great business to be in in 2008. In COVID, in 2020, going into 2020, I was running a business that was primarily based on live events, hanging out with people in person in arenas. Also, not the business that you want to be in when there is a global pandemic. And both times that happened, I really came close to ruin in the business. I mean, you cannot imagine how much money we hemorrhaged in 2020. And I've spoken about this a little bit before, but everyone around me encouraged me to make the business go bankrupt. So like make Rise Conference go bankrupt or make this one go bankrupt which is like how people set up businesses so you have like individual companies so that it's all not connected. And everyone was like, you got to do this because you have to imagine we had six RISE conferences planned in 2020. We'd been able to do two. We had done Fort Myers and Toronto. We'd gotten through two. So we had four more on the books, millions of dollars already deposited to places and millions of dollars that were owed to vendors planning out their year. And there was no way, right? Like we can't sell tickets to these things. We don't know when this pandemic is done. Everyone's like, you should just bankrupt the business. And if I bankrupted that business, it would mean that every single vendor that we had promised money to, like, hey, we're booking you for this day, every single one of those vendors would be screwed. Every single one of you who had a ticket to that conference would be screwed. Like you just wouldn't get your money back. And... I fought tooth and nail, I was insane, to keep going, just figure it out, find a way. I feel really confident that we were the first company that did a virtual conference. Like we did a RISE conference, I want to say in May of that year, like so fast, we turned it around, we figured it out. Everybody then in the industry started doing virtual conferences as well. But like that shift, that like find a way, keep going, figure it out, do the thing, do the next right thing, do the next right thing. The ability to do that when everyone around me, and I mean everyone, was freaking out about what we should do. And I didn't know. I'd never been through a global pandemic but the ability to just keep waking up every day and making the next right decision for that day and keep things afloat and keep them going. There's a fantastic book by Ben Horowitz called The Hard Thing About Hard Things. And in that book, he talks about this idea of a peacetime general and a wartime general. He's like, when you're running a business and everything's going well, you are a general of an army in peace times. When you are running a business and everything's going to hell in a handbasket, you have to flip. You have to be a general. You have to be a wartime general. And man, I look back on 2020 and 2021 and I'm like, holy crap, we did that thing. And I did that thing because I had done it before back in 2008. I had the mindset to know that if I just kept going, if I just made the next right choice for where I am in this moment today, we will get through this. But that mindset, that ideology, that outlook on a problem is something that you only get through experience, which means that if you are in something like that for the first time, I need you to hear me say, this is not going to be easy. It's going to hurt. It's going to be hard. It's going to take blood, sweat, tears, willpower, energy, literally everything you've got. When you are in a wartime experience in your business, it will take everything you've got. And if you do not have the right psychology as the head of that business, I don't know how you make it through. I really don't. It's everything. It is the unwielding belief that you will get through this moment. You will get through this moment. You will get through this moment. 
mindset is everything. If you don't feel like you have the right mindset, the right psychology about your business or about being a business owner, let me give you some ideas for how I think you can grow that in 2024. The first thing that you got to do, guys, is you've got to feed your mind. You've got to feed your mind a, a yeast starter for your bread, a, a sourdough starter for your bread. You got to feed it like watering your plants. You got to feed it like a fungus. You've got to feed it something so that it can grow. And understand that you are always feeding your mind one thing or the other. You are feeding it knowledge and information and resources and experiences and energy that will help it to become better, or you're feeding it the opposite. So as you go into this year, you've really got to ask yourself, what have I been feeding? What have I been feeding my mind? The most important thing, what have I been feeding this? And how is what I am feeding it helping or hurting me? If you're trying to become an entrepreneur, but all you're feeding it with are these YouTube shorts and Instagram reels and TikToks of people telling you that you need to do more reels on Instagram. Y'all, do you realize just real quick, because I keep seeing this and I'm like, I hope that most people aren't falling for this like obsessive social media content that is about how to make, how to make 37 million reels by next Tuesday using AI and these prompts. And you start to obsess because you're like, oh, well, this girl's Instagram is so cute or this person's YouTube is so cool and I got to stop what I'm doing and make 900 Instagram reels by tomorrow because that's what's going to change the business. No, no. Unless your business is being a social media influencer and you make more money the more social content you put out, make sure that you are taking in the right information. You know who has the right information? People who actually have businesses, brick and mortar businesses, real estate agents, people in the finance world. Find leaders in your industries and see what they are saying. And chances are, Y'all, that lawyer is not going to have an aesthetically pleasing Instagram reel for you to consume. And that fintech creator is not going to have the coolest YouTube that you've ever seen because they're not content creators. Maybe some of them are. They're business owners. The people I'd most like to hear from don't have time to post on social media all day. So understand that the ones who actually have the information, you might have to dig a little harder to find them. Look for press interviews. Go Google, do some research, watch a masterclass, watch something where you're hearing from real, actual experts in the field, not someone who has 2,000 Instagram followers trying to tell you how to grow your business and their only business is their Instagram. No shade to the influencers, but it's very misleading. And our brains will latch on to whatever is shiny and exciting and makes us think that it's gonna help us grow our business. But if you cannot directly equate cash to you posting on social media, then social media cannot be your strategy for 2024. It can augment the business, certainly. It can support the business, absolutely but it cannot be the end-all be-all for you because otherwise you're going to spin your wheels, get to the end of the year and have not made any more traction against your goals. I went off on a tangent, but I get really fired up about it. Feed your mind. The other thing that you have to do for mindset is guard your mind. Guard your mind. Jim Rohn said that you have to stand guard at the gates of your mind. You have to stand guard. And I would say, when it comes to your mindset, you've got to stand guard. That means a couple things to me. Number one, I want you to remember the concept of proximity to power. Proximity to power. What I mean is, who do you get to interact with in your real life that actually has a life or a business or a career that you would like to have. We should fight 
to only be influenced by people who are living a life we would like to live. We should fight to only listen to the advice of people who have had success in the area we're trying to have success in. You've got to look at the full picture of what is being offered to you. Proximity to power is how close are you to someone in power? How close are you to someone who can make the decisions that you need help with? How close are you to someone who knows what's up? Because what usually happens is that we're getting our business advice from our friends, from our, you know, the kids we went to high school with, from mom and daddy, from people who have no business giving us advice because they don't know what they're talking about. And I don't want you to cut people out of your life just because they don't have success in the areas you want success. But I do challenge you to guard your mindset when you're getting ideas from that particular person. Like, just let it run over you like water. Your mother-in-law tries to tell you how to be a working mama, even though she was a stay-at-home mama. She's like trying to tell you what to do and how the kids are struggling and, oh gosh, I hope they're okay and blah, blah, blah. Did she ever do this? No. So why are we listening to her? Take advice from people who have the life, the business, the dreams that you want to have. Everybody else, guard your mind. All right. The second thing, the second thing that is going to make or break your business this year is finances. Ding, ding. Let's talk about money. Let's just talk about money. Let's look at the money. Let's be real about the money. Let's talk about finances. I know I already touched on this earlier, but I would just like to bring it up again. If you are not making money, you are not in business. If you are not making money, you have a hobby. Nothing wrong with a hobby. Hobbies fantastic. But when you are in business, but you consistently lose money or break even, that's not really a business. You're doing something that I hope you enjoy. And there is nothing wrong with that. That is a fantastic way to go through life. You love selling your craft on Etsy and you don't really make money, but you don't really lose money. It's just this fun little thing you do. That's awesome. But you don't have a business. A business is something that brings money into you. Please note, I did say, if you don't have a business that brings in money consistently, because there are absolutely situations where you will choose to break even or lose money in a business because you're betting that in the long term, that's going to come to fruition. You're going to start to gain on it. You're using debt as a strategy. It's a thing. I'm not really talking to those of you who are doing that. I'm talking to those of you who are not doing a great job of managing your finances. We're going to get to that. So you're actually not bringing any specific money into you as the business owner. So you maybe need to have just a quick come to Jesus about what this thing is and where it's going. And maybe that's what your wife has been saying to you for years. And maybe that's what your husband keeps talking about is like, hey, I know this is your passion and I know that you love it and I know you're excited, but our family can't continue to support this thing that is never bringing in any profit. Don't be discouraged by that. Don't be discouraged by that truth. Remember when I said that the success of a business is the result of the psychology at the top? You know what that means? It means you're the problem. But the beauty in realizing that you are the problem is that you are also the solution. You're the solution. Fantastic. This is so exciting. You're the problem and the solution. But like with everything in life, you cannot be solution-oriented if you refuse to admit there's a problem in the first place. So the first thing that I'm going to say, I know not everybody needs to hear this, but some of you do. You have to face your finances. You have to face your finances. You have to know what they are. You have to know what's going on all the time. Not once a year, not when you meet with your CPA. Every single month, you need to know what's going on in your business. What's your cash flow? What's the P&L? What's the overall balance sheet of the year? If you don't know what those things mean, 
There's so much freaking information on the internet for free. Go watch YouTube videos if you can afford it. Go to a conference so you can learn more. But you've got to at least have an understanding. You don't have to do your business finances. I'm, whoo, I would be audited from here to forever if I tried to do my own finances because I have no idea how to do that. For almost as long as I've had a business, I have paid a bookkeeper, a CPA, I have paid someone else to do those things because do the things that only you can do in the business and hire smarter people to do the things you don't know how to do in the business. But you got to know what it is and you've got to look at it. I was so excited to do this podcast for you guys this morning. I wrote everything out. was so pumped, but I forgot at a meeting with my CFO and I was so bummed because I had the energy and I was like, yes, let's talk about business. And I thought, honestly, this is a really good example for later that the finances have to matter to you. They have to matter to you in the same way that the fun parts of doing your business matter to you. Like it's fun for me to get to create this for you guys. It's not fun for me to talk to the finance team and walk through details with the CFO. But that's what it is to own a business. And maybe there are parts of this that you're like, man, I'm, I'm really bad at that. I was talking to a girlfriend this morning and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I just hate it. I just, I just want to be the artist. I just, I don't want to have to deal with the finance stuff, whatever. But we were talking about the fact that the biggest issue in her business is the financial piece. Yeah. Because you're not giving any energy into this thing. So there's an energy block. Nothing's going to move forward with this. Always going to be an issue. It's always going to be a point of tension because you're afraid to look at it. I had a big aha moment about business recently that I want to share in case any of you can resonate with this. I realize this is like the people pleaser in me or the good girl in me that I realize I am walking into business situations just hoping nobody's upset. Okay, let, let me unpack this with you for a second. I realized this because I haven't had a business in a hot minute where there's a product. So if you didn't hear, we just relaunched Start Today Journal. We got our first round shipment. Some of y'all, I love you, crafty little minxes, figured out that there was a way to buy the journal on the website, even though it wasn't on sale. Woke up, the I was in Europe with the kids over the holiday break. I woke up the next morning and we had had like 200 people buy journals, but the journals weren't on sale. I was like, holy crap, you found a way. So we're like, okay, holy smokes. Okay, we're just, some people have figured this out. We can't let the rest of the community, like whatever. I just make the decision, screw it. We're gonna go on sale early. So that day we send out a note. I go on social, I tell you guys, hey guys, you guys figured this out. So we're gonna go ahead. The Start Today Journal is available right now. And because you guys are amazing, Thank you. Less than 24 hours later, every single journal we have is gone. And I'm astounded and I'm super excited. I'm a little nervous for those of you who are going to be bummed because I know this community and I know we're about to get notes about it because I'm like, oh, all these other people who thought that our launch day was, you know, five days later are going to be super bummed that they didn't get a chance to buy. And as a side note, I will keep you guys posted on when more journals come in which is like, I hope in January, but shipping takes forever. So we'll see. In any event, a couple of days go by, people start getting their journals and we get a note from someone who's bummed because the new Start Today journal has blank pages. So I think, I mean, y'all have listened to this podcast. I've talked about this the whole time. So I decided to redesign the journal at the beginning of 2023. It took a year. And the thing I was very clear on was that I wanted to make a product for me. I don't know how y'all feel about that, but I, this is my thing. I love this. I use it all the time. And because I use it for gratitude practice, for goal setting practice, I make all my lists in here. I write, look, my podcast episode, today's podcast, everything's here. If I am having a bad day, I'll do a journal session. I'll unpack it. I have one single product that I keep with me at all times 
that basically is like the keys to my kingdom. That's what I really wanted. And I also felt like this was great back in the day the old Start Today journal had 90 prompt pages. So it was 90 pages. If you know the journal, it's like your five things you're grateful for and then 10 dreams and all. There were 90 of them. But the other thing that I saw over and over and over and over, like over 10,000 times, people would come to book signings. They'd come to see me speak and they'd bring their Start Today journal to be signed. And certainly there are some of you who have gone through a hundred, like, I can't even believe how many of you have like literally 25 Start Today journals completely filled out. But most people never finish their journal. Never finish their journal. Which like, cool, whatever, you do what you want to do. Except that when people bring me their journal to sign, they're always embarrassed. They're always like, oh, I did, you know, I got off track and I didn't finish. And, and they feel guilty about it. But the whole point of this process is that you are supposed to be doing something that empowers you. I want people to do this, and I've said it a million times, I just wanna say it again, you don't have to buy the journal, don't buy the journal. Go listen to episode 72 of this podcast. Go listen to episode zero of the Start Today podcast. I tell you exactly how to do the process. You can do it in any notebook you have. You don't have to buy this one. But if you're gonna buy this one, my hope for you is that you end the session, the, the daily writing session, empowered, excited, like focused, feeling like, okay, we've got this. But if every time you look at that product, you're a bit bummed because you didn't finish, well, I don't feel like the product is working the way that it should. Plus, I was carrying around my Start Today journal and a blank notebook. And then I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm just going to make what I think the best product is. And what I think the best product is, is what we have. 60 prompt pages and the rest of it is blank note pages and there's two ribbon bookmarks in between so that you can find your spot but a couple days later after the journals go out we get a note and someone's super bummed she wanted a whole journal filled with all the prompt pages which makes sense anytime you change a product that people really love you're gonna have someone who's bummed out and just as a side note our customer service person was like helping her figure it out. And I said, hey, get her address. I'd just love to send her some love. No charge to her. I just want to send her journals that we have here and a little note from me. You know, totally get it. And by the way, this is not a move. Don't make this move and be like, this is how Rachel will send me free stuff. I don't, <laughs> I don't have time to do that all over the place. But my point is, when I heard that she was disappointed, I was so bummed. I was so bummed out. Because like, it's your baby, right? When you make something, you really care about it. You want people to love it too. You want to feel like you did a good job. And I had this epiphany like, bro, this is me talking to me. Bro, you are going into certain parts of your business hoping that no one's mad. You're afraid of the confrontation of a customer being disappointed or a customer being upset. But that is business. It doesn't matter what you do. You're going to encounter moments where your client or your customer is not happy with something that's happened. The business is you figuring out how to make it right. That's what it is to be a business owner. And I had this flip. I was like, oh, dang, I need to reorient my mind. I need to wake up every day expecting a challenge in the business and being fired up to fix it. So I hope that this person who was bummed that there were blank pages, I hope that she's touched that I send her another journal. But the other thing is that within a business, the confrontation, the obstacle really is the way. So this, to me, I was like, oh, I actually need to do a better job on the website of making sure people understand their blank pages. It says it, but I was like, you know what? There's a very simple fix. I will tell them exactly how many prompt pages there are, exactly how many blank pages so they know. But also, I want to do a better job of explaining why I think there should be blank pages. I feel like I'm talking to you guys as entrepreneurs. None of my entrepreneurs are confused why there would be blank note pages. Because I feel like you guys are like me. Like, we got stuff to do. We got work to do. We got to write it down. 
But I'm like, oh, this obstacle is a chance for me to better explain myself, a chance for me to better educate the audience on how you can use a results list to plan your week and to make sure that you're being the most effective. Like, here's how you do these things. But reorienting myself to understanding that the challenge is always going to be there. And if I'm not willing to take on that challenge, then I don't get to be an entrepreneur. Because if you're not willing to take on the challenge, you're going to suck. The company's going to suck. The product's going to suck. The customers are going to be unhappy. Because essentially, you're living every day only playing defense. You're like, okay, how do I, I'm going to solve this because I have to. I'm going to deal with this because I have to. I'm going to do this thing because I have to. And then you go back into your little hole doing the part of the business that you really like to do and hoping that no one's going to be upset with you while you're over here doing this thing. So reorienting your mindset about your finances is the same thing. Is you going, oh, there's always going to be a challenge here. I don't know anybody who's like every single day making a gajillion dollars in their business. Oh my God, I have so much money in this business. I don't even know what to do with it all. I don't, I don't know anyone who's living that life. But when I talk about finances, I really, I know in my soul that some of you are having a moment where I say finances and you feel like you're going to poop your pants because business finances freak you out. I get it. I understand it. We need to put on our big girl pants. We need to we need to grow up. We have to look at our finances because oh, I think it's James Baldwin who says you cannot fix what you will not face. You cannot fix what you will not face. So brother, sister, friend, whoever you are, I need you to hear me say you got to know what's going on in your finances. Now, can we commit as a group, as friends, that we're going to know what's going on in our finances this year? Yes, we're nodding. Say it with me. Just say it out loud. Be like, yes, Rachel. Yes, I promise I'm going to look at my business finances this year. Yeah? Okay. Here's my second challenge when it comes to finances. And this one's exciting. Y'all are like me. You love a goal. You love a challenge. You love it. So here's my challenge to you. Double, double your net revenue for next month from what you did last month. Double it. Or let's be even sexier. Let's double our monthly net revenue from the highest month we've ever had. Ooh, okay, talk dirty to me, she says. All right. Maybe some of you heard that and you're like, that's, I have no idea how. Okay, remember mindset psychology. Remember, proximity to power. Let's hang out with people who can speak into our lives. I'm your friend right now and I can speak into your life. So let's figure out how to double the monthly net. That's how much you take home revenue. There are a couple different ways. Number one, you start brainstorming the hell out of that goal. You sit down, you get some good energy of a good vibration. Maybe you start with a gratitude practice, you get hyped up, and then you just write down everything you can think of. What would it take for you to double your monthly net revenue? We are not hitting more money in our monthly net revenue because number one, maybe we haven't challenged ourselves to try. Number two, the stakes aren't high enough. Because if I said, if you do not double your monthly net revenue, I'm going to cover you in honey and feathers Every day for the next six months, you just got to live your life covered in honey and feathers. And we're going to give you paper cuts. I don't know. Like if, if, there were, if you had stakes that made it so that if you didn't hit that number, something really bad was going to happen. You'd figure out a way to hit the number. And the reason I know this is true is because most of us have a scenario in our business or in our life where we were like, we don't know how we're going to make payroll, and we figured it out. We don't know how we're going to pay rent, and we figured it out. We don't know how we're going to do X, Y, Z, and we figured it the hell out because we had to. So I know the stakes aren't there. Maybe for some of you, you're like, no, that's where I'm at. If I don't make some more money, there isn't a business. But some of you need a little fire under your butt, and to use that fire 
for this session where you just brainstorm what's everything I would do if I needed to make more money next month. I always like to go back to, well, when it worked, what did I do? And if you're like, Rach, it's never worked. Okay, look at someone else's business. What is someone else doing that is allowing them to make more money? So you're going to start with a brainstorming session. Then you will take note of the fact that I said to double your net. That's your take home. So what I want you to clue into right now is that you don't have to make as much money next month, but you could double your net. Remember, gross is how much you bring in overall, but net is how much you get to keep. Net, we have more control over. So there are two ways, two ways, my friends, that you can make more net revenue next month. The first way is you make more money. That's obvious. That's what everyone chases. You make more money, you bring in more clients, you bring in more customers, and you get to take home more money. Again, I would love for you to read the book, Profit First. But the second way that you can make more net, and people don't think of this enough, is to lower your cost of goods. You ever seen your accountant or someone talk about COGS, C-O-Gs, cost of goods sold? That is how much it costs you to make that product. That is how much it costs you to run the business. If you lower your costs, you make more money in net because you get to keep more. There are so many levers that you can turn in this business. That's why finances are fun. We got to look at them. We got to not be afraid of them because... I heard once from a CFO, it's such good advice. She said, big revenues cover big expenses. Meaning maybe you're having the most profitable year on record. And because you're having such a profitable year, you're not really concerned about how much things cost. And when we're not really concerned about how much things cost, that's when we end up spending loads and loads and loads of money on things that don't matter because we're not paying attention. 2019 specifically is the most money I've ever made as a company. An amount of money that I didn't even know a lot. The problem was that someone else was running my company and the leaders of the company, none of which had grown up in small business, they had all come from big corporations to my small business. And just as a side note, I would love to help you guys not have this problem. When you're hiring people in your business, especially leaders, you only want to hire people who have built the kind of business that you have. You only want people who have done the kind of thing that you are doing. A corporate leader leads from the top down. A small business owner leads from the bottom up, meaning there's no part of my business that I can't personally do. That is still in me to this day. My business is wildly successful. I have so much help. There's not one thing here I don't know how to do. That's just, that's small business vibe, right? But a high level leader doesn't have that. They don't know all the different parts of the business. And so they do and did what people at big corporations do. They start hiring so fast. We went from six employees to 14 employees to 60 employees, six zero in under 18 months. That's insane. But that's what you do when you don't really know how different parts of a business work. Every new leader would be like, well, I don't know how to do that thing. So I'm going to hire another person. I don't know how to do this. So I'm going to hire another person. Every single one of those things, the salary and the taxes and the insurance and the 401k, not only is it those pieces that will end up costing your business money, but what I later discovered, I did an independent audit years later because I just was like, how did this all happen? Was that people then were empowered. They were empowered with company credit cards. They were empowered to do this. The amount of money that was spent on things, and I don't even mean like, oh, they went and got coffee or lunch. Like, I'm here for that. It was like they signed up for this software and then ended up getting another job and nobody knew that they had signed up for the software so the company was getting charged every month for these things. Those little things times 60 add up. Big revenue hides big expenses. 
So if you heard me say that you need to look at your finances and you're like, we're killing it. I don't need to do anything. That is a recipe for disaster, bro. Because remember, net is what matters. Net is what you get to take home as a business leader. And if you want to take home more money, you can lower how much it costs for your business to run in the first place. All right, my friends, this is one of those times where I thought I was going to do a single episode, but I have three more <laughs> pieces of advice for my business owners. So what we're going to do is we're going to turn this into a two-parter. So here's what I'm going to do. We're going to wrap up for today, which is fantastic because you can go unpack, do some journaling, think through all the things that we've talked about and how they might apply to your business in the next 12 months. And then meet me back here tomorrow. Tomorrow's episode will be part two. And I'll take you through the next three ways that you can make or break your business this year. I do hope that what we talked about today was helpful. I hope it really resonated with those of you who are looking for like some meat and potatoes, not just like the fluff of, you know, make a 30 second reel. If you dug it, if it was helpful, will you please share this with a friend? Share this with an entrepreneur friend. Share this with a small business friend. Share this with someone else on your team. Share this with someone you think might benefit from it too. Put it on your social media. I would so appreciate that. I'll be back tomorrow with the second part of this, but super excited for all the things that you and I are going to do as entrepreneurs in 2024. And I'll be back soon. Until then, as always, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.